Three years ago, we were elected to the White House by one of the narrowest margins in history. And today, Kodak here tells us 63% of registered voters think we're doing a good job. The poll also tells us what we already know. We don't get our crime bill through Congress. Those numbers are gonna be a memory. So starting today, we're shifting it into gear. Can I tell my morning press gaggle that gun control is... Crime control, Robin. Gun control means we're wimps and we're soft on crime. Well, hang on. Are we not... Lewis, please. Are we not putting back the handgun restrictions? No. We're leaving them out. Mr. President, we campaigned on this issue. I understand we took them out when we were in the low 40s, but we could push it through now. After the elections, Lewis. We may never have an opportunity like this again. So let's take this 63% out for a spin. Let's see what it could do. We can't take it out for a spin. We need it to get reelected. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that clip from the American president. Hey, you know, we got 63% approval rating. Let's take it out and take it for a spin and see what we can do with it. No, can't do that. Can't take it out and push push these things on the American people because we need it to get reelected. You know what? Isn't that how our, isn't that how our government works now? So a president gets elected for four years, but he's two years campaigning. So you work really hard, you get elected, and then you got to ease it back so as not to not to offend anybody because you have to be getting reelected. Number one reason why why Donald Trump should be reelected. So we have a president who's strong enough to turn around the Biden idiocy. And number two, he'll do it fast. He'll do it. He won't worry about having to get reelected. He'll make the he'll make the hard choices, and he'll uh, he'll make the calls that are best for us. And you know how I know he'll make the calls that were best for us because we saw four years of it. <clears throat> we saw four years of him uh, making those calls, treating our tax funds like they're his own, treating them like he's a business owner, not like it's just free money and let me get my piece. That song was Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Elton John. And uh, the reason I used that was uh, referring to last Saturday when uh, last Saturday when uh, the fighting should have gone on with the uh, continuing resolution. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, but you know what? Maybe McCarthy should have done some fighting instead of just, oh, wait, we're just going to push, kick the can down the row. We're going to do a continuing resolution, push it out for 45 days because we took six weeks off and didn't do anything about this. And at the last minute, we don't have time to fight. And, uh, and we're so worried about, so worried about whether the, uh, 
whether the Democrats are going to use that to hurt us in the election next year. Look what the Republicans did. Pushed us to close down the close down the government. Hey, we've all seen it in our lifetimes. The when the government gets closed down, it's not the end of it's not the end of the world, and it always comes out just a okay. Everybody still gets paid. And uh, maybe if uh, maybe if if uh, uh, McCarthy would have uh, taken advantage of Saturday nights, all right for fighting, there wouldn't have been the stuff that went on on Monday morning. So we're going to talk about all that and uh, everything in between. Uh, but before I do. Let me introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone but you do want to get some of my knowledge out of me, um, go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo, and uh, fill in all the information you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's to refinance a piece of property that you already own or whether that's to, uh, uh, to buy a piece of property you'd like to own, whether that's in California or in another state, and uh, or whether you uh, want to check out the information on those uh, reverse mortgage things for you, those of you over 62, which now includes me, um, uh, and you can uh, and find out the real the real truth about them and how they work, and uh, see if we can bridge the gap between how many years you have left and how much money you have left. So uh, I have somebody actually called me up on the phone this week, and uh, she's shopping for a loan to get pre-qualified. And she had just talked to, I don't know, two or three other lenders, but Rocket Mortgage was uh, quoting her uh, 6.2, she said. This is why you want to talk to someone with a brain, someone who can steer you straight. She said, they're quoting me 6.2, and I'm going, they're quoting you 6.2 today? I said, I doubt that. I go, how many points? How many points are they charging? She said, five. You can't charge five points unless the seller's paying some of it. And I know there's there's ways to get that done, but she's paying five points on a six hundred thousand dollar loan uh, to to buy the rate down to six and a quarter. And I said, hey, you know, why don't you just go two points at seven percent? At seven percent, your payment goes up two hundred bucks, and but you save but you save twelve thousand dollars. And chances are you're not going to have this loan longer than a year and a half, two years when you'll be refinancing, and. Uh, and then, then by the time we got off the phone, by the time we uh, we we came to a conclusion, um, I convinced her that seven and a half was the way to go, with no points, and uh, and and saved her thirty thousand dollars from what Rocket Mortgage was quoting. And instead of paying that in fees, put a little bit more down payment, put a little bit more down payment down, where uh, it doesn't do as much for your loan to buy it down, but it. But what it does do is in two years when you're refinancing, you got a $25,000 uh, lower loan amount. Well, actually, it would end up being a 26000 because they were proposing a 599 loan amount, and I was proposing a 563 loan amount. So uh, that's, uh, oh, that's 36000 huh? 63 to 99 yep. So I made a $36,000 difference in her loan amount. Payment went up a few hundred bucks, uh, but the, uh, but in the long run, she's still qualified, still qualified. And in two years, she just saved 36,000 bucks because that, that, uh, those fees are just gone. 
So it's always good when you're dealing with some of these things. Talk to someone who has a brain and an imagination. Hey, do what's right for you long term. Don't. Hey, you know what? I could tell the difference between 6% and 6.5%, between 65 and 7%. Sometimes it's deeper than that. So anyway, uh, if you want some of my advice, 855-640-2020 or edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo. If there's any part of the show you want repeated or you missed it one week, you can stay on edhoffman.net, go to the podcast page. Uh, you can get this this show as well as several past shows. You can also uh, get and uh, listen to them on demand, and you can also get the, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can actually subscribe for free and uh, once a week. Uh, we upload it on Friday afternoons, and uh, it'll download to your device on shortly thereafter, and you can listen to it on demand. So uh, anyway, I think that's all I need to say before we get into it, other than, hey, if you got comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. So uh, history was made this week when Kevin McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House on Tuesday. We'll get to that, but let's start at the beginning of the week uh, with, with how we got here to where we are now. Uh, with just three hours to spare before October 1st uh, start of the fiscal year 2024, Congress passed a continuing resolution to prevent a government shutdown, and somehow President Biden was able to sign it before midnight before the midnight deadline. And did somebody wake him up? You know, uh, they they only had they only had three hours to spare, which means it was nine o'clock at night. We know Biden doesn't stay up till nine o'clock. Somehow he got this thing signed. They had the first lady stay up so she could wake him up when it was uh, when it was time to sign the 71 page short term bill crafted by the now former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy keeps the government services open for a whopping 45 days through November 17th. Of course, uh, you know, the, at that point, they still have to uh, pass a budget and agree on something. But of course, they'll wait. They would wait till the last week before uh, before the no- November 17th deadline to start doing anything about it, and we'd be stuck again with the continuing resolution, the continuing resolution, and this is why we're $33 trillion in debt. Um, faced with an imminent shutdown on Saturday, the House voted 335 to, to 91 to pass the continuing resolution. 91 House Republicans voted no. 91 House Republicans said uh, no, we need to do. We need to solve this problem now and not push it down the road. Later that evening, only nine uh, Senate Republicans voted no. And I'm not going to go over all, all the whole list of the 91 uh, representatives that voted no, but it's all the big names that you'd that you'd think about. All the hardcore Republicans, the ones with the loud voices: Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, Matt Gates. All the all the people who really care about our country. They voted no. In the in the Senate, nine Republicans that voted no, uh, notable uh, Marsha Blackburn, Ted Cruz, Bill Haggerty from Tennessee, uh, Mike Lee from Utah, uh, Roger Marshall from from uh, Kansas, uh, Rand Paul from Kentucky. So all the ones all the ones that you see standing up standing up for hey, we got to stop spending. We can't keep sending money to Ukraine. We can't keep spending money on illegal aliens. We have to we have to close the border. All the things that we all think about, those are the ones that, that stood up and said no. So uh, what's in the bill? For now, the budgets of most government agencies will remain at the level they were initially funded in 2023. That sounds like good news. Unless, of course, you uh, actually care about the $33 trillion national debt and the $2 trillion deficit. Meaning... 
We're already in debt, $33 trillion. And it means at the current rate of spending, we're going in the hole $2 trillion a year. Which in the, in the case of, hey, it's not my money. It's not my money. Let's just keep spending it and make uh, people that vote for me happy. Um, that's the problem. That's the problem is nobody, nobody treats our money, our taxpayers, taxpayer, the people that are in charge of that, don't treat it like it's their money. They treat it like, like it's just, uh, it's a just a blank, blank check, blank check in my checkbook, and it just never runs out. So apparently, that doesn't uh, the people that don't care doesn't apparently doesn't include um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who didn't fight for spending cuts that the House conservatives wanted, and they've been demanding. As a part of the deal he struck with the Democrats, uh, McCarthy. Obliged the Biden administration's request for $16 billion in funding for FEMA. So uh, let's remember, uh, in back in the beginning of the year, back in April, uh, the the Republicans came out with a bill called Limit Save Grow, where we cut made big cuts in the first year, in the in this first year uh, uh, budget to stop spending money. And then, of course, then McCarthy went uh, into uh, into the White House with Biden and uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, Hakeem Jeffries. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember his first name. Such an easy one to remember. So uh, so Biden, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, Kevin McCarthy and Chuck Schumer and maybe Mitch McConnell, too, were in there. So all these strong guys were in there and they and they came out with just a fraction of. A fraction of the cuts, and of course, all the all the Democrats loved it, and they called it the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, I for one, on this show, said I thought I thought McCarthy wimped out. He rolled over on his back. He stuck his tail between his legs, which was one of my concerns about when they when they uh, made him the House Speaker. Was I don't think he's tough enough, and of course, between that between the time he became Speaker and the time that. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, he started to show signs. Hey, maybe he's gonna, maybe he's gonna be tougher than I thought he would. He seems to be doing a good job, and that happened. And now everyone's question: Is he really a Republican? So the White House uh, had first requested twelve billion dollars in in extra funding for FEMA's disaster relief fund, which helps with the rescue with helps with rescue and relief efforts. But spokesmen in the Office of Management and Budget said that a total of sixteen billion dollars were needed for disaster relief. Due to Maui wildfire, the Tiger Island wildfire in Louisiana, the flooding in Vermont, and the hurricane and Hurricane Idalia striking Florida in the southeast. Of course, we have hurricanes that hit Florida in the southeast every year. So even though FEMA's own administrator said $12 billion was enough for now, the White House asked for another $4 billion to address these natural disasters, bringing the total to $16 billion. So to the Democrats... They feel that the more money you allocate to things, the better job they're do- doing. So, you know, when they when they start telling about what a great job uh, Biden's doing, look at all his accomplishments. What are his accomplishments? The 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 country's in shambles. Um, but they say, hey, he passed the Inflation Reduction Act, and he passed this, and he passed that, and he passed this. So they measure how successful a president is by how much money he spends, how much money he spends. So, uh, so why would... The White House insists on such an increase. Here's a clue from PBS. It's a sign that wildfires, flooding, and hurricanes that have intensified during a period of climate change are imposing ever higher costs on the United States taxpayers. So what does that mean to you? 
What does that mean to you? So in other words, climate change is the Democrats' key to the vault, the vault that holds all the taxpayer funds, all of our money that comes out of our checks. That's their key because they can't just take money and stick it in their pockets. So instead, they use climate change as a never-ending excuse to fund different projects and fund certain companies that cater to that so they can do just what Joe Biden did to uh, uh, to Ukraine. You give them money in exchange, and then you then you skim that you skim that money and have some of it get kicked back. You extort the money back from those other countries, or you or you extort the money back from those other companies. Somehow, somehow, uh, the president's sister that her uh, uh, or the president's wife's brother that runs uh, a big uh, solar panel company. Speaking of Obama, that uh, that the government gave billions of dollars to, and then a year later went bankrupt. Uh, but you can guarantee the Obamas got their piece, and you can guarantee that all the Democrats are getting rich on this. As like I said last week, uh, Kamala Harris went into uh, the vice president position with a three million dollar net worth, and today she's worth sixteen million dollars. I don't know what she's done. What could it what could it possibly be that she's done to have uh, increased her net worth by 13 million dollars? I don't know, but keep your eye on the money folks because that's what what is happening here. In any case, McCarthy gave in on FEMA and did not insist on any meaningful budget cuts in this package. Here's what he said to the Republicans who opposed the bill on Saturday night. That's all right if Republican and Democrats join together to do what is right. If somebody wants to make a motion against me, bring it. There has to be an adult in the room. Yeah, there has to be an adult in the room. And maybe we need to have an economist in the room, too, before they pass pass these things. There has to be an adult that just says, hey, we have to keep the government open. Maybe there's an, uh, maybe there needs to be an economist that says, hey, we can't sustain this country spending money like this. The next morning, Matt Gates of Florida was on the Sunday shows to, to announce that he would oust the McCarthy as speaker. Kevin McCarthy's going to get his wish. I don't think the adult in the room would allow America to sit atop a $33 trillion debt facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. I don't think the adult in the room would allow $8 trillion of this debt to come into refinancing at a higher level without serious spending cuts. And I don't think the adult in the room would lie to House conservatives. And that is exactly what Kevin McCarthy did. In January, to get the speakership, Kevin had to agree to certain guardrails on spending. And he had to agree to a process that would allow us to put some downward pressure on spending. Since the mid-90s, this country has been governed by revolving continuing resolution and omnibus spending bill. And what that means is that America's lawmakers take one up or down vote on the funding of the entire government. That is crazy. That is the reason we're 33 trillion in debt. We want to move to single subject spending bills. So he made that commitment. He broke it. And if at this time next week, Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House, it will because, be because the Democrats bailed him out and he can be their speaker, not mine. Well, I see the chaos that's going on that Matt Gates caused. Uh, I cannot disagree with anything he said. You know, we got we have to stop spending money like like we have it because we don't. And we need to stop spending money on idiocy like climate change to kill our economy. And it's weird. There's nothing we can do about that. And I'll talk more on that later if I have time. Um, but uh, on ABC this week, Jonathan Carl pointed out that while Gates 
can make a motion to vacate by himself. Removing McCarthy as speaker would require a majority. Uh, this time, that's 216, 216 votes, because right now the party is uh, 221 Republicans, 212 Democrats, and there's two vacancies. Um, Gates had made had made a deal with McCarthy back in January that he could bring a, a motion to vacate with one single vote in order to get him in as uh, the speaker. But Gates would need both Republicans and Democrats to support him in voting for it. Do you really think that Democrats are going to vote to remove Kevin McCarthy because he made a deal with Democrats? No. I actually think Democrats are going to bail out Kevin McCarthy. So this is an exercise to show the American people who really governs you and how that governing occurs. So I'm on a mission to change it where we're evaluating these bills independently. Kevin McCarthy is off making a secret deal on Ukraine as he's baiting Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution that doesn't include Ukraine. So the one thing Democrats, Republicans, the White House that we all have in common is that Dem is that Kevin McCarthy at one point or another has lied to all of us. But if they want to keep him, then he belongs to them. So, so you're not accomplishing anything here. I mean, that's it, not true. Well, you, well, you, you, you don't have the votes to remove him. Well, so. I don't, I, by the way, I don't know until we have him. And by the way, I might ha not have him the first time, but I might have him before the 15th ballot. That's the number of ballots Kevin McCarthy needs. So, so are you going to do this every day like you had suggested? Or are you going to like go, go through this process of voting over and over and over again? I am relentless and I will continue to pursue this objective. And if all the American people see is that it is a uniparty that governs them and that it is always the Biden, McCarthy, Jeffries government that makes dispositive decisions on spending, then I am I am seeding the fields of future primary contests to get better Republicans in Washington who will actually tackle these deficits and debts. Again, I can't argue with anything he said. The only win is that this package does not include any additional funding aid to Ukraine, despite the White House congressional Democrats and, for some reason, some Senate Republicans insisting on giving, you, giving Ukraine more than the $43 billion we've already given them. The House Republicans who oppose more Ukraine funding said the only way they would support it would be if it was paired with funding to close the border. So, uh, of course, the Democrats wouldn't, su wouldn't support that. And the Ukraine funding was abandoned for now to get the deal passed in the nick of time. Democrats vow to pass more funding for Ukraine as part of the, a standalone bill or somehow tack it on to a future Defense Department funding. Because the only way that politicians can get any money out of the taxpayer fund is to allocate it somewhere else so that they can extort it from them. So they allocate it to certain companies, they allocate it to other countries, and then they extort it from them. And that's how they're all getting rich, as I said earlier. So uh, on Sunday, McCarthy said that any additional Ukraine funding should, should be tied to more funding to secure the border. That clearly did not impress Matt Gates. We'll hear from him. We'll hear him say that later. And as we know, he introduced a motion to vacate, to vacate the speakership on Monday. Hang in there. We're getting to it. As for the president, he had these inspiring remarks. I hope this experience for the speaker has been one of a personal revelation. I'm not being facetious. I, uh, um, anyway. Yeah, well, he started to fall asleep and he said, well, well, anyway. So what did he mean by that? So if you heard the whole speech, Biden was going back to when they converted the, the Limit Save Grow Act to the Inflation Reduction Act. And he said that that uh, McCarthy made made a promise 
to Biden that he wouldn't go back on this and and we'd keep that budget. And but at the same time, he did go back on his promise to the Republicans who passed the Limit Save Grow Act. And that's that's where the problem is, is is McCarthy's uh, wishy washy. You know, the wind blows one way and he and he makes and he decides he has an opinion this way and the wind blows the other way and he changes his opinion. And, you know, you can't. And that's one thing that the Republicans wanted was they they wanted assurances that he would stand firm on cutting the spending, closing the border, doing all the things that that America cares about. Hey, anyway, I've got lots more to say about this, but I'm all out of time for the first half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes, weather, traffic, sports, and commercials, and I'll be right back with lots more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about mortgage and financing on the radio, but I could. Uh, but I will tell you if you, uh, if you have a need to talk to someone uh, regarding a purchase, regarding a refinance, regarding checking out what, where you're, uh, what's the best thing for you to do in response, regarding your, uh, your climbing, your climbing debt on your credit cards and your dwindling savings and uh, your climbing equity in your house, if there's a way to rearrange some of that. Uh, that's best for you, I promise. If uh, if it's not the right thing to you, I'll tell you this isn't the right thing. Um, but give me a call at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo and you decide everything. So before the break, we were talking about the uh, continuing resolution that kept the government open last uh, last Saturday and, uh, and how McCarthy kind of capitulated to the, to the Democrats. Uh, to keep the government open and didn't stand firm on spending cuts. We'll just kick it down to 45 more days, which is essentially what they did six months ago. And now they're uh, now that we're in the place that we are and uh, and the. Uh, and Saturday, they they voted the continuing resolution in um, at the last minute, well, three, three hours before midnight. So it had time for them to wake up Biden to uh, have him sign it. Um, but before we get any further, for some reasons, Democrats weren't sure they could trust Kevin McCarthy to give them the continuing resolution that made them happy. So there's one Democrat who attempted to hold up the vote uh, to give his colleagues time to read the bill. He denies he denies it, but the consensus is that's what he was doing. The Democrat was Jamal Brown in New York, a former high school principal who at 12.05 p.m. on Saturday did something a high school student might do to get out of a class or uh, to to give him another another day to uh, study because uh, there was a, a big test and he wasn't ready for it, and that is to pull a fire alarm to delay the proceedings. Um, Bowman later claimed he was confused by a sign on the emergency exit and uh, thought pulling the fire alarm would unlock the door he was trying to open. I'm not really I'm not really sure. There's some con- there's some conflicting uh, comments on this as to why this went down. There is now an ethics investigation into Bowman, which has Democrats outraged. Here were uh, his remarks to the re- to a reporter on Monday. Uh, do you still stand by your statement that uh, pulling the fire alarm was an accident? 
you know, I don't know why this has gotten so much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of any repercussions, either from leadership or from legally? From Capitol I, I, I mean, listen, I take responsibility for what I did, you know, but like I said, I was in a rush to go vote. And, uh, you know, the investigation will, will, will sort everything else out. So these these comments confuse me as he's, as he's trying to get out of a door, pulls the fire alarm so it would unlock the door so he could get out, but he's trying to get to the voting. And I started realizing this fire alarm was in the Cannon office building where all the where all the the Congress people have their have their offices, which is not part of the Capitol. So my question is, is if he pulls the fire alarm in the in the Cannon office building, do do they evacuate the Capitol? Why would he think that would delay things or maybe he thought it was? I don't know. But uh, something doesn't add up there. Um, he also he also got in trouble by saying in a statement, Republicans need to focus on the Nazis of their party. After some backlash, he apologized and uh, basically admitted that one of his staffers wrote that statement. So, hey, you know, you you put all these uh, these high school kids interns into your office to work for you. And uh, and they're not the elected people, but they make comments that make you look stupid. So, hence, if I ever uh, if I ever was to get into government, I wouldn't hire uh, kids to do that because, well, of course, he's a Democrat. So, you know, they're all Democrats. All the kids are Democrats. That's why they're so dumb. So, uh, so the week start. So this week start off. So that got us to the end of Saturday. This week started off with a whirlwind beginning on Monday night when Matt Gates made the motion to vacate McCarthy as speaker. The first time this was done in American history since 1910. Tuesday morning, McCarthy loyalists made an attempt to stop things from going any further. They did this by asking members to vote on whether to table Gates' motion. Minutes before that vote, McCarthy took one question from from Fox's Chad Pergram on his dismal mathematical odds of remaining speaker. Tell me why you're so confident based on what the mathematical equation is. Because I live in America. No, I know, but, but I mean, this is no. a serious... It is a serious question. Issue. Have you ever... Okay, take the current situation out. Have you ever come to me on no matter what you thought I couldn't solve that I wasn't confident? So uh, he's confident he's going to remain speaker, even though the odds are against him. He thinks the the Republicans will all stand up for him because they don't want to go through what they went through in in January. Unfortunately for McCarthy, the vote the vote to table that didn't didn't go well, didn't go his way. Re- Democrats had already agreed that they would vote no on tabling. Uh, which meant he was entirely dependent on the Republicans to support him in the in the vote to remove him. At that point, Gates was given time to state his case once again for a motion for the motion to vacate. Here's part of those remarks. So year after year, decade after decade, we break the law and we do the same thing. We pass a continuing resolution, then we pass another continuing resolution, and then it's either another continuing resolution or an omnibus bill or a series of minibuses that lump these disparate things together. And it was concerning to me to hear of news of a secret deal on Ukraine funding that would have log rolled more money with Ukraine with our southern border. Now, how offensive is that to our Customs and Border Patrol, to our ICE, to the people that are suffering as a consequence of our border, that some of my colleagues are only willing to stand up and fight for our border if they could send billions to Ukraine to fund their border too? Well, I've had enough of that, and that's why I brought this motion to vacate. You heard the uh, you heard the groaning in there when he wants to not spend money on uh, on Ukraine because all the Democrats know that if we don't keep uh, allocating money to another country that they can't 
they can't uh, extort it, as I've said three times today. So that opened the House floor for debate, with various members of speaking for and against McCarthy. Each time a member spoke on McCarthy's behalf, Gates asked for time to rebut. One of those exchanges was initiated by Jim Jordan, who spoke in favor of McCarthy. On January 3rd, we said the 118th Congress is about three things. Pass the bills that need passed, do the oversight work that needs to be done, and stop the inevitable omnibus that comes from the United States Senate right before the holidays. Kevin McCarthy has been rock solid on all three. We have passed the bills we told the American people we would pass. 87,000 IRS agents, that bill, that bill passed. Parents' Bill of Rights, that bill passed. Energy legislation passed. Border security, immigration enforcement legislation, the strongest bill ever to pass the Congress passed earlier this year. We can't help but the Senate won't take up those good common sense bills. I think the Speaker has kept his word. I know my colleagues and friends are saying different. I think he has kept his word on those three things that we talked about on January 3rd, and frankly, that entire week. He has kept his word. I think we should keep him as Speaker. I yield back. The problem with my friend from Ohio's uh, argument is that many of the bills he referenced as having passed are not law. We are on a fast track to an omnibus bill, and it is difficult to champion oversight when House Republicans haven't even sent a subpoena to Hunter Biden. So it's hard to make the argument that oversight is the reason to continue when it sort of looks like failure theater. Yeah, you hear the groans in the middle of uh, that statement on Gates, and uh, and they're groaning about, you can't hold McCarthy... uh uh, responsible for what Chuck Schumer does in the Senate, which, which I agree with, which I agree with. You can't hold him, hold him responsible, but you can fight it. You can fight a much bigger, bigger fight than he fought. Several members spoke against McCarthy as well. The most articulate one was Bob Good of Virginia, who reminded everyone what McCarthy did on the debt limit by striking a deal with Biden on the so-called Fiscal Responsibility Act. Back in January, I expressed my concern. <laughs> That the previous two years, we had not used every tool at our disposal to fight against the harmful, radical Democrat agenda that is destroying the country, bankrupting the country, and under which the American people are suffering. I requested and had a meeting with Speaker McCarthy to tell him he had my full support and that I wanted him to be successful because the country needed him to be successful. Unfortunately, however, that unity and that commitment to significant year one cuts and spending reforms were discarded were discarded in the failed responsibility act as i call it which passed overwhelmingly once again with a majority of democrat votes validating the concern many of us had in january many of us had begged the speaker pleaded with the speaker repeatedly to utilize the debt ceiling to leverage spending cuts and reforms but instead, he negotiated an unlimited increase to the debt ceiling through January of 25. As much as we can come together and gleefully spend through January of 25 with no significant wins for the American people in that FRA or Failed Responsibility Act. So six months ago, I said the same thing. I said the same thing that that Kevin McCarthy wimped out and he and he violated, you know, he, he they put together a bill called the Limit, Save, Grow. And they all put it all together, and then when it went to the Senate, they 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 sat down with the uh, they sat down with uh, President Biden and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Hakeem Jeffries and and Kevin McCarthy, and he just rolled over on on the on all the Republicans that drafted that drafted that bill and let Biden get away with a little tiny sliver of 
of uh, spending cuts and gave him gave him a, a debt ceiling with no limits until January 2025, at which time Biden will no longer be president. So to me, and I talked to friends, and I talked to friends and and uh, and I said, hey, McCarthy rolled over. He's he he wimped out, and he just gave a open pay, an open checkbook to uh, the Democrats. And uh, one of my friends who's who's uh, has a who's right next to me, uh, shoulder to shoulder on on my political uh, political stances. But he said, no, he saved things because it kept it kept the uh, the government open. It kept the federal government open because we were out of we were hit our debt ceiling. And and that's the most important thing. Well, I kind of disagree on that because I've seen the I've seen the government shut down at least twice, maybe three times. Uh, since I've been an adult and I mean, and I mean, since I turned 18 and started voting for voting, um, I've seen it happen at least twice, maybe three times. And it always comes back with a stronger, a stronger budget, a stronger agreement, um, that's best for our country. And the Democrats will always, will always call our bluff. And if we don't stand up to it, if they, we don't stand up to it, then we never get anything accomplished. So after about an hour of this, uh, people uh, going back and forth, there was finally a 45-minute roll call vote. The final vote was 216 to 210 in favor of, uh, of Gates, Matt Gates' motion to vacate. The Republicans who voted against McCarthy are Andy Biggs of Arizona, Ken Buck of Colorado, Tim Burchett of Tennessee, Eli Crane of Arizona, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, Matt Rosendale of Montana, Bob Good of Virginia, who we just heard from, and of course Matt Gates. So, essentially, we don't have a Speaker of the House. So, for the first time in over 100 years, the Speaker of the House was removed. So, uh, I think, I think at first people were thinking, well, he's removed, and then it's going to go to a vote, and he's going to get back in anyway. But of course, that's not the case, because Kevin McCarthy says he doesn't want it anymore. Kevin McCarthy swarmed by reporters. And his police escort did not give a statement as he vacated the chamber. He wanted to go back to his office and have a moment of moment by himself to cry and lick his wounds. But outside the office building, Matt Gates took took reporters' questions. The first one was essentially amounting to, "Hey, why are you such a narcissistic jerk? And uh, are you just doing this to promote yourself to help Donald Trump?" Analyzed the House of Representatives today. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country. What's paralyzed the House of Representatives has been the failure of Speaker McCarthy. What paralyzed the House of Representatives was not taking up appropriations bills. We left for a six-week vacation while the appropriations process hung in the balance. And because I forced these people to take a few votes, you think I'm paralyzing the House of Representatives? I think the House of Representatives is been paralyzed for the last several decades as we've refused to pass a budget as we've governed by continuing resolution and omnibus bill. So I think that this represents the ripping off of the Band-Aid, and that's what we need to do to get back on track. And exactly what I, I agree with exa- everything he said, because you know what? Why, why do people say, hey, we can balance the budget the ne- over the next 10 years? Why can't we balance it now? If you're, if, if you're out of money, you're spending more than spending more than you bring home on your paycheck. You start charging things on credit cards, and then at the point when your credit card companies stop raising your limits and you're out of credit, 
What do you do? Do you get them to raise your credit limit or is it time to stop spending money on stupid stuff? Is it time to start rearranging your, you know, you either either do one of two things. You either slow down what you're spending on or you get a second job. There's only two ways. You got to increase the income or you got to decrease the outgo. It's fairly simple. Why is it any different for our government? Because they know they'll just tax the tax us until till we till the money comes up, except for they can't tax us any more than they're taxing us, and they're still spending two trillion dollars a year more than uh, than than what's coming in. And what are we spending it on? We're spending on climate change. Climate change. As if we as if we have any idea whether man has anything to do with with uh, any pollution or climate change, and you know that it as I've said before, we we have pollution in, into our air. And uh, Earth turns and it mixes with everybody else's air. So we think the United States is going to do this thing, and India and and China are going to continue to pollute as much as they want, and we're going to change anything. I saw a uh, I saw a uh, video of uh, a hearing with some uh, climate change scientists, and and one of the guys questioning questioning them said, "Hey, you know what? What would you say the percentage?" So we're talking about CO2 that's created by uh, by uh, eternal combustion engines. So uh, so I say, what percentage of our atmosphere is CO2? And one of them says, eh, not exact. I'd say probably five percent. And then the other one says, how about you? And I'd say six or seven percent. And the other one says, well, I'm going to go on the high side. I'm going to say eight percent. And they said, okay, but we but we know we know that the 49% of the of the CO2 is created by man. He goes, "Well, now that you've uh, stated stated your opinions, let me tell you the fact. The percentage of the percentage of our atmosphere that CO2 is 0.4 of 1%. 0.4 of 1%. And if it goes any lower than 0.3, plant life dies. So you realize that that when we breathe, we put out CO2. And when, when the exhaust that's coming out of your car's engine is CO2 and the trees and the green plants breathe that stuff and then they convert it back into oxygen in the, in the uh, atmosphere. So we want to stop all this CO2 in there, but if we lower it any lower than 0.3, trees and plants start to die. What does that tell you? It tells you that this climate change stuff is baloney doesn't mean anything. It's all just a way for them to skim money out of our out of our budgets. They're going to force us to get rid of our gas stoves and they're going to force us to get rid of our our gas engine cars and they're going to make us all buy uh $50,000, $60,000 electric cars and we don't have the electric grade, the electric uh uh grid to to support everybody everybody uh charging their cars. You know, remember last summer they said, "Hey, don't charge your car in this afternoon." Well, what if your what if your car's what if your car's out of out of electricity? You have to go somewhere. You have to charge it. Well, don't charge it and don't run your air conditioners because the electrical grid will shut down. But Gavin Newsom says that in California they're not going to sell any more gas gas cars by 2030. That's just complete BS. 
It's complete BS, and all they want to do is take our money and skim it. They got to allocate it somewhere where they can get it, you know. Uh, and all, and of course, all the they they allocate all this money to put out these uh, the money on uh, electric buses, and of course, the bus company. I heard uh, I heard an interview uh, last Friday that uh, one city has has eight of these electric buses, and they broke down. But the company that built them went bankrupt. They took all our our government funding. They built a they built a bunch of buses and they went bankrupt. So they've got all these buses that they can't get parts for, and they don't run. So when you when you guys that think climate change is real start start uh, saying, "Hey, we have to save the earth for our kids," the earth renews itself. We don't have to do that. So anyway, getting back to McCarthy getting out um, after the after uh, Gates spoke. Later that night, McCarthy had his, these comments. Look, you all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of he was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. I mean, we're getting email fundraisers from him as he's doing it. Join in quickly. That's not governing. That's not becoming of a member of Congress. And regardless of what you think, I've seen the text. It was all about his ethics, but that's all right. It's all about fundraising. Hey, you know what? Who aren't you getting texts from to fundraise every day? I'm getting people. I'm getting all kinds of people. I'm getting emails. I'm getting text messages. I have to, I have to reply, stop. Hey, you know what, uh, Nikki Haley, I'm not going to give you any money. And I'm Trump all the way. I'm not giving Larry Elder any money, and I'm not giving uh, uh, Bergam from North Dakota any money, and I'm not giving Tim Scott any money. And it's not that I don't like any of these people. I do like all those people. But I'm not donating to a presidential campaign when I think the only guy that that has the, has the, the stones to do what needs to be done is Trump. And it's not that I think Trump deserves another term. It's I think America deserves another term of Trump and turn this thing around and close that border and deport all those illegal aliens over here and and uh, turn on our energy energy uh, independence again and stop this electric car BS. I, for one, am never going electric. So unless 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 the whole country gets behind the electric thing and I can't get, and I can't not buy. Hey, you know what? If, if they don't sell uh, gas engines in California, I have a house in Montana. I have a house in Arizona and there's a whole bunch of other States. And if all the States do that, if all the States do that, I know Montana won't, you know, unless they just shut down the, the auto, the car builders, uh, the auto, the auto uh, workers, um, there's no jobs if it's electric. So anyway, the next question that from the reporters going on outside was who's going to be speaker now? So if not Kevin McCarthy, then who? Then who? You said last night that Steve Scalise was a name that you floated to potentially be speaker. Where do things stand right now? If not McCarthy, then who? Well, uh, you know, the stages of grief, I think, are uh, in progress right now with some of my colleagues. I think there was a stage of denial, and I've certainly experienced a good amount of their anger. And now we appear to be headed toward bargaining. I think the world of Steve Scalise, I think he'd make a phenomenal speaker.
Well, there was concerns that Steve Scalise might not be up to that because he's fighting cancer. And uh, everybody likes Steve Scalise, but he's fighting cancer. And as of Tuesday night, Steve Scalise said, yeah, I'd like the job of, uh, of Speaker of the House. And then as of uh, Wednesday morning, Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan, who was nominated in January and said, I don't want it. I don't want it because he was supporting Kevin McCarthy. Well, now that Kevin McCarthy's out, Jim Jordan said, yeah, I'd like that position. So I think either one of those guys will do a great job. Um, and it sounds like, and it sounds to me like Matt Gates did not do this for Trump because this is how Trump feels. Donald Trump uh, posted on uh, Truth Social, why is it the Republicans are always fighting among themselves? Why aren't they fighting the radical left Democrats who are destroying our country? And I agree with them, and they should have been fighting Saturday. They should have been fighting and saying, hey, we are not signing a continuing resolution. We're not kicking this can down the down the, uh, down the." The, the alley, we're not kicking it down down the road so we can end up in 45 days the same place that we are today, which is the same place that we were six months ago when they did the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and, and extended the, uh, the, the debt ceiling to unlimited uh, until Biden gets out of office. Um, they should have been fighting for this. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was uh, under, I think it was under Newt Gingrich was one of the times when the, the, when the uh, federal government shut down and they came out with the contract with America where did all kinds of things to to uh, make America great again. Uh, not quite as great as it was uh, in 2020 before before uh, or let's say 2019 before COVID hit and uh, the Democrats took took down Trump. But hey, we got 12 more months, 13 more months till the till the election and uh, go Trump. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Event. So uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.